Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar. Um, yeah, we're back for another match day review, match day 11. Um, obviously, as you can tell, um, you know, we've been, been working very hard uh, throughout so, uh, the season so far. Uh, and we're very excited that we've got uh, a live uh, show with a live guest, uh, which we'll be able to bring you in uh, one moment. We'll bring him in shortly. Uh, just before we do, of course... This channel, this uh, this uh, show is in partnership this season with Bundesliga Boxes. Uh, you might not be able to tell, actually, but I've got my my latest shirt on tonight. Uh, my Darmstadt number. Very pleased with that. Uh, they're a fantastic company, so please do uh, make sure that you go check them out on Twitter and on their website. Um, right then, so... Um, before we uh, before we get in and bring in our guests, let's just quickly swing over to you, Mark. Let's look at some scores on the doors, and then we'll get straight to business. Yeah, you had to get a, a Darmstadt shirt there, Rory. They they turned Nuremberg over last week, so I'm a little bit <laughs> gutted there. You know, I've, I've got my Nuremberg scarf on again as usual today. But yeah, they they actually handed Nuremberg their first defeat uh, on match day 12 or 11, I think it was. So yeah, a little bit gutted about that one, but yeah. Okay, so yeah, let, let's go uh, start by going over the results from week 11. Yeah, so yeah, we, we started on Friday night. We had a one-all draw between Mainz and Gladbach. Then, yeah, Freiburg's unbeaten run ended at the 11th attempt uh, with Bayern uh, winning 2-1 uh, over them. Yeah, Wolfsburg continued their good start under Kohfeldt with a 1-0 win over Augsburg. Then Bielefeld finally getting off the mark, didn't they, against Rory Stuttgart. It's not going too well for them, is it at all? No, no. But, yeah, Frank Kramer's side finally won a game 1-0 at Stuttgart. Bochum with an excellent 2-0 win over Hoffenheim. Yeah, the big game of the weekend, RB Leipzig with a 2-1 win over Dortmund, who are obviously missing Haaland. Yeah, Hertha Berlin and Leverkusen playing out a one-all draw on Sunday. Köln and Union Berlin also playing out a draw, but this time two-all. Then, yeah, the last game of the weekend was a 2-1 win for Frankfurt in beleaguered for... I feel like I say that every week, that they're a beleaguered side, but it gets worse every week, doesn't it? Let's be honest, yeah. So, yeah, that's the end of the scores on the doors for week 11. Good stuff. Right then, without further delay, let's get in our guest for this week. Uh, it's been a while since we've had one, isn't it? Um, so, yeah. very, very happy. We tried to get uh, this this young man on the show a couple of weeks ago, but now we've been able to do it. Even though he's a little bit under the weather, he's still come on. So, let's bring him in. Moritz, uh, super Whoa. fan. Oh, uh. <laughs> here he is. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Are you well, uh, other than being slightly under the weather? Uh, I'm I'm totally fine. I'm happy. We've talked before. I'm absolutely happy because of the win last weekend. Um, and uh, couldn't be better for me as a Bochum fan. Excellent stuff. Top man. So, obviously, what we're going to do is now we'll go through our over-the-bars uh, featured four. So, we're going to do it in reverse order without kind of spoiling who might be, you know, the best game. Bochum will feature. So, don't worry, everyone. We'll be going over their game in good detail. So, uh, Marcus, you want to introduce the games then? Um, yeah, absolutely. So let's start with the fourth place game. I mean, some might be a little bit surprised because it was built as the big game 
But yeah, I mean, it was still a great weekend if you were an RB Leipzig fan, wasn't it? Because the game ended up in a 2-1 win for the home side against Dortmund, yeah. So I'm going to throw that one straight over to you, Maurits. Uh, what did you make of this one? Do you think uh, Leipzig were the better side? Did they deserve the win in this game? Um, I, personally speaking, and, and, and in general, I think... Um... I don't know how to look at Leipzig because they have been somewhat inconsistent over the season. Uh, of course, Bochum has already played against them. Uh, against them, they were good, but also uh, Bochum had some chances um, against Dortmund. It was like a, a, a start with not really a much chances. I guess the first chance was in the 12th minute with uh, Nkunku and uh, Schoboslai. Mm. Uh, after that, uh, of course, Leipzig was the better team. Dortmund really had some difficulties uh, as seen in the past because I think they are really missing out on Haaland who is their best player obviously and um, you you can see what kind of uh, role Haaland plays in, in the tactic uh, from, from Dortmund when you look at the past games. Yeah, absolutely. And say from a from a Balkan point of view, then Moritz, and if you're kind of looking at both of these two teams, if you say you've got both teams fresh, fully fit, which, which one scares you the most? Like, uh, which one's more of a team, and which one maybe relies on individuals more? Maybe kind of hinting towards Dortmund relying too much on Haaland. Oh, that's that's a tough question. To be fair. <laughs> um... I, I'm scared most of Dortmund because of Haaland. Um, and I would say that Dortmund is a team um, because they didn't really change much over the last couple of seasons, uh, I think. So they really have built something there, but they have um, they have a lot of injuries right now. So that's why, of course, they don't play as good as they could be. So um, as referring back to your question, I'm, I'm scared a lot of, of Dortmund. Very good. Uh, speaking of obviously influential players right now in the Bundesliga and naturally when you think of the league, you think of Lewandowski and you think of Haaland and maybe those two being on another level. But how uh, how far do you think uh, Christopher Nkunku is at the moment, Moritz? Because he's a player that's shown some serious form this season and is, uh, you know, a large reason why they won, won the game at the weekend. Um, and, you know... Is he going to be, you know, shuffling for maybe a bigger move perhaps in the future? Or do you think he needs to spend a bit more time at the club to, to keep on playing, at, you know, to a consistent level before he uh, considers himself a great player? Um, I would say that Nkunku has made a good development over the last couple of uh, months. And um, yeah. if he continues to perform like this, like he does right now, uh, I, I would totally... Uh, say that the move in, in summer is is fine um maybe he will he will go to bayern as we have seen last transfer window <laughs> when a lot of uh, leipzig players went to bayern and also their coach uh, but in kunku it's an outstanding player um we have uh, here obviously you have seen his talent when he was at paris uh at paris um and now he uh he he's I can just repeat myself. He's an outstanding player and uh, a big, uh, a big uh, improvement for the Bundesliga. Good stuff. Uh, just fin let's finish off quickly with regards to the game and then Dortmund itself. Uh, obviously, you know, missing a lot of players, showed a decent amount of fight, but generally speaking, obviously, there are not enough players really to be competitive as they 
you know, potentially could have been in this game. Uh, being four points off Bayern after 11 games, considering the, you know, mishmash of players that they've had missing so far. Uh, would you say so far it's an OK start, Moritz? Or would you, you know, would you have wanted more from Dortmund so far under under Marco Rosa? Um, I would have expected more, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but... <sighs> I uh, I'm also quite uh, quite biased if that's the right word because I'm a Bochum yeah. fan I I don't like uh, Dortmund that much so <laughs> I'm really happy when they when they lose but uh, on the other hand especially games against Leipzig I'm always for the team against uh, who's playing against Leipzig so this could be a game where Dortmund should have won mm. um, but yeah they they could have done better um, maybe because they have not even Haaland, but also um, Dahut, who is out for a long time right now. Uh, Giovanni Reyna, who has uh, has an, uh, a worse injury than expected. And also uh, Rafael Guerrero, who, who was uh, a major player when he came back from his injury. And now he's injured again. So um, they are missing out on a lot of players. And that's something that's uh, playing in... Uh, that that's uh, one of the reasons why Dortmund is performing so inconsistent also right now. Absolutely agreed. I mean, at one point, when I think they were playing Hazard at uh, left-back at uh, some stage in this game, so it just goes to show the, the extent of their injuries and, uh, well, they weren't able to do it, unfortunately. So, uh, shall we move on then, Mark, on to, on to game three? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, our third game of the week was, it was that game between Köln and Union Berlin. I mean, this was a great game to watch. Yeah, I watched this game on Sunday afternoon. This was a really, really good game. I mean, two sides that we've mentioned before that they play really good football this season. Like, both sides have moved more towards attacking teams over the last year or so. And this was a really, really good game to watch. And, obviously, with Köln legend uh, Anthony Modest as well, getting the equaliser at the end and brilliantly taking off Stefan Baumgart's hat as well, the famous flat cap, and putting it on to celebrate the goal. You know, I thought that was a brilliant celebration from the man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Maurice, what did you make of this game? Who do you think were the better side, really, in this entertaining clash? Uh, I, I just could watch the first half because afterwards my uh, stream has broken down. <laughs> so um, in the first half, I would say that Union was the better half. Um, although um, Cologne had the better start uh, with the early goal from Modest, but uh, Union equalized it really quick. Um, yeah. And then right before halftime, the psychological important goal they have scored there. So uh, in the first half, it definitely was uh, Union. And as far as I've heard, also in the second half, but um, then there was the turning point with the corner and uh, the goal from Modest. And afterwards, Cologne could have even won, I think, Kainz was it, who had, uh, yeah, had yeah. another chance mm-hmm. to, to score the winning goal. But uh, as you mentioned, these are two sides who are playing fantastic football right now, um, especially Cologne. I, I wouldn't have expected that from, from them at the beginning of the season. And Modest, who is uh, back at uh, his, his old form and mm. his uh, yeah he he also has some uh, some crazy celebrations <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah he loved it um i very much agreed with regards to how surprising this um pleasantly surprising it's been seeing Cole uh so so much more aggressive on the front foot very much 
Uh, as you correctly said, Maurice, you know, Union going 2-1 up at half time. Very, you know, a psychological blow for the home side. Uh, but after that, they just came forward, flooding forward. Uh, I think Hector, the captain, led by example, went closer on a couple of occasions, didn't he? Um, so it's been, a, you know, obviously a rejuvenated side. Um, how far do you think the, this this Cologne team can go this season under under the management of, of Baumgart? Uh, seems like someone who's got his, you know, his... Uh, ship in order, so to speak. Um, so, you know, can they can they maybe challenge for a top seven place, or is that a bit too ambitious? Um, I think they they definitely have the uh, quality for that. Um, but uh, I'm uh, every time that when a team has a new manager, I'm quite unsure how this like you um, like this uh, euphoria is that is that the word yeah, yeah. Uh, that's um, uh, that came, comes with the new manager uh, is like going down a bit over the season, um, but of course, Stefan Baumgart is a, is a coach who who can keep this up and uh, also get the fans uh, going and uh, keep the. Um, so I think they they can go for for. Uh, I think you said uh, place seven. Yeah, like yeah. fighting for that Europe Europa Conference League, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, I think it's possible, but uh, they have to perform like this over the whole season. Good stuff. Uh, and then on on Union, uh, a question that we often ask ourselves, myself and Mark, on this show, especially with their first foray into Europe. Um, do you think you know they're doing a good job of balancing it so far? Obviously, they've been struck. They, to be fair, they got given quite a hard group for a Conference League. Uh, group didn't they so uh, have you been impressed with how they you know kind of managed their way through it so to speak absolutely absolutely um when i was looking at the uh, at what transfers uh, union did in the summer i was thinking like okay um these are more like players you they, they i wouldn't expect in the bundesliga for example Behrens, um mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, but they are performing well at union um, they have a, a good team. They have a lot of players who can come in, so they can give uh, other players, important players, a rest. And we shouldn't forget that Union is missing out on one important player with Max Kruse, but and and, mm -hmm. and they are still performing this yep. well. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so I think that kind of rounds up that game quite well. I think it was always going to be a very uh, tight, tightly contested game. So. No wonder that it produced the goods. Uh, so yeah, let's let's move on to the to the second half. So in in second place this week, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just before we do that, we just had a, a question as well coming in from Johnny B. So we like to get down to the questions. Yeah. So he said, "Can Bielefeld stay up?" Yeah, I think we discussed this a little bit last week as well. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, we we mentioned this was a massive game for them against Stuttgart, you know, and I think they won it relatively comfortably, even though they only got the one goal. They were by far the better side in that game against ailing uh, Stuttgart. But I would say, yes, I do believe they are capable. I think Frank Kramer, the coach, was pretty close to the sack before this game, from what I can gather. A few of their fans were turning against him, according to the German news. And I think this was a much, much needed win for him. But for me, I think the performance level has been decent of Bielefeld this season. It's just they, they can't turn it into wins. You know, I mean, we've mentioned they create a lot of chances, but they just don't seem to be able to get the, the goals. And then a few mistakes at the back and, you know, they end up losing the games. Moritz, do you believe they can stay up, Bielefeld? Mm, yeah, 
yes, I do believe this, especially with the uh, win they've gotten this weekend. But uh, we shouldn't forget that they've played the Stuttgart side, which uh, had a lot of injuries. Uh, they have missed out on important players like Mafropanos or Kempf. Uh, I think they are still struggling with some players being in uh, quarantine because of COVID. Yep, so, yep. so um, of course, Stuttgart um, is is an opponent is an opponent is an opponent opponent so now <laughs> i've got the word you, you should beat um especially right now mm -hmm. um and if they keep going and uh, get motivated from this win they maybe can start a little win streak and then get out of the relegation zone and if you look at uh, last season Bielefeld didn't have uh, a lot of points uh, more than this season. I think they now have one point more than last season. So I, I don't know why there is uh, a discussion about the uh, coach. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. I thought it was very, very harsh that they, they were discussing him to be fired. But obviously, I mean, the fact that he guided them to safety last year when it didn't look lightly, let's be honest, when he came in, but it was a great run to safety and then yeah obviously this season finally getting the first win yeah also on related to that topic ben morris also i would like bielefeld to stay up strong british connection to the town yeah i think that's because uh, if my history serves me right it's because like, i think the british army base used to be in uh, bielefeld as well so i think a lot of people have that kind of connection to the town from britain if i remember rightly i think paul said his uh, granddad actually live there or something I, I don't know paul maybe if you're watching this you can correct me on that one but yeah strong british connection with bielefeld yeah yeah and obviously to tobias as well says uh, in bochum we need uh bielefeld to take 17 spot i don't know if that's one of your friends uh, it is it's my podcast <laughs> mate <laughs> yeah great yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, but absolutely, yeah. You're going to be down there probably. Although Balkan's form so far, you know, you never know. You could push for mid-table the way things are going at the minute, you know. So, we'll have to see on that one. Okay, so moving on to game two. Yeah, it was that big game of, uh, I think it was first versus third as kickoff started in this one. Yeah, and it obviously ended in a 2-1 win to Bayern over previously undefeated Freiburg. Got to say, in my opinion, I thought Freiburg gave a really, really good attempt in this one. You know, I mean, obviously they did lose the game in the end, but they had a few chances at nil-nil. I think Hurler missed a couple of chances. Yeah. But yeah, I thought overall it was a great performance and it took a pretty good buy-in performance to win it in the end, really, Moritz. Would you agree with that? Uh, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Freiburg obviously was the surprise of the season so far. And they have shown in this game that, uh, this wasn't like luck in in the last games, but they are really they really have the quality to stay um, this far up in the table. So um, I, I'm just surprised on how good Freiburg is performing, and of course they have also some good players in their in their team with Schlotterbeck, um, Grifo, who is uh, also performing well again. Yeah. So it's uh, just fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as as far as the game went, I think, um, you know, we found out why, you know, Freiburg had been doing so well. Uh, Flecken in net, you know, was up to the challenge, uh, made a lot of good saves. I think up to, you know, half-time, half it really was a close game. And I think also, despite the amount of chances that Bayern had, and they did play well, I think both their goals had elements of luck to them. So the first goal, obviously, is a, is a Muller assist, but the pass that he placed beforehand is deflected straight back into his path to then make 
the the assist in the end for Goretzka to finish. Uh, obviously, the second goal is great work down the left by Alfonso Davies, who crosses it for Sane, who obviously he's shooting, but it looks like it's going wide. And lo and behold, Lewandowski <laughs> is in the perfect place, as always, as all good strikers are, uh, to tap home. So I think, you know, maybe both goals, you can say that there's an element of fortune to them both. But I think on, you know, on merit, it probably was uh, Bayern who... Who deserved their win? Uh, Moritz, you know, it's probably a question that we ask m- most people that we have on this show. Uh, can, can you see anyone uh, getting past Bayern? And kind of secondly to that, are they probably the best team in Europe right now? Um, firstly, I don't think that anyone um, can get past Bayern in the Bundesliga right now. Mm-hmm. I think Rummenigge was it who has already said that because of... Yeah. Uh, Dortmund's lose last weekend. They can now get out the the Meisterschale again and uh, start planning the uh, party. So mm. yeah, you can see that Bayern is uh, just in another league. Um, mm. it, and in Bochum, we have experienced this uh, on our on our own <laughs> seven yeah, seven yeah. zero defeat in Munich. So um, we we know how good Bayern is. Yeah, and I would also say that they are right now the best team in Europe. Mm-hmm. especially with Nagelsmann. Um, they have one of the best coaches in, in the world right now. And he uh, it, and, and I don't know what's, uh, who's going to stop Bayern except from a bad day that Bayern is having in, in the Champions League, yeah. for example. Yeah, very true. Well, they, are, they seemingly are capable of having a bad day. Obviously, case in point in the in the Pokal recently uh, with that shot yeah. lost to Gladbach, <laughs> uh, which obviously no one saw coming. Uh, righty-ho, well, I think that summarises our second game quite well. So let, let's talk about the game of the weekend for us and hopefully it's uh, one that Moritz can uh, get his teeth stuck into. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just before we do that, yeah, we've had another comment coming in from Baran Bananarama. Yeah, still saying, still hoping for a Leipzig miracle and them getting relegated. Yeah, like for some of those watching in the UK or the US, I think obviously a lot of people know that in Germany, like Leipzig are not the most popular of clubs. I think, uh, Moritz, you probably confirmed that, you know, obviously because of their... uh, tied with Red Bull, you know, and in Germany, they're not always such a big fan of the corporate culture, which can obviously happen in some more, some some other leagues, obviously the Premier League being one of them, I would say, you know, let's be honest. Would you agree with that, Moritz, that Leipzig are not the most popular side within Germany? They are definitely not. I think in the last <laughs> couple of years, it's changed a bit because people are saying, oh, they are playing beautiful football and it's a family-friendly club. But uh, if you look at the whole construct behind this, you can see that this isn't something you want to have in in, in football. It's um, we we had uh, a podcast uh, about this, and uh, our guest told us that Leipzig isn't a club like a club should be, where the um, people can the, uh, the fans can decide what happens in the club because in Leipzig the the fans can't get. Into the, into the club and can't get uh, a membership so they can uh, decide and uh, talk there with with the and can't decide what's happening so uh, Leipzig is is like really unpopular especially in in the uh, how to say that in, in the stands and in the, in German football yeah 
Absolutely. Yeah, especially when you've got huge clubs like FC Nuremberg in the Spider Bundesliga as well, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, in all seriousness, obviously there are a lot of big clubs in the Spider at the moment. You know, obviously Werder Bremen, Schalke, Hamburg, Nuremberg, like many, many big clubs. You know, I guess that's why a lot of people feel as though Leipzig isn't. But you know, it's open for debate. If anyone disagrees with that, you're welcome to comment on that as well. Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, moving on to the game of the weekend. I mean, it's perfect, really. It was an entertaining game and a very dramatic yeah. game, I think, especially if you were a Bochum fan, you know, <laughs> obviously getting the 2-0 the win over Hoffenheim. You know, I, I really enjoyed watching this game on the highlights. I thought it, VAR had a big uh, role to play in this one, didn't it, Moritz? And what, what do you think of the win there? Uh, I have to say that I uh, I was due to Uni uh, in, in Wolfsburg at this time. So I was watching Wolfsburg against Augsburg. But <laughs> I, I had my smartphone with me and I was looking at, I think the first half hour, um, was looking at my smartphone, was watching the game. Um, and I was missing, of, of course, the exciting stuff in the second half. And you had everything in this game. You had... Um, uh, a goalkeeper who was trying to shoot a penalty, but he made it look like a goal kick. Um, <laughs> and you have a, a goal from behind yeah. the halfway line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was superb. I've got to say, from a comedy value, like it's not often you see the goalkeeper step up, is it? Obviously, Reman, he came up and absolutely leathered it miles over the bar, didn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah. Yes. But obviously, it didn't affect Balkan because he still went on to the win to the game relatively comfortably in the end, you know? Yeah. But it's um, a win. Go on, Rory. Yeah. Sorry, just a quick question to Moritz on that. Um, and I know, obviously, you know, from outside of Bolcom, you know, there's a bit of comedy value to it, seeing a keeper sky, sky a penalty and, and things like that. But on the other side of that, is that not quite worrying from a Bolcom <laughs> fan and team perspective? Where you've, I know, didn't he scored a penalty in, in the Polkow? Is that one of the reasons for him taking it? But surely, you know, you've got forwards, you've got attacking midfielders, wingers, whatever, like. They should really be stepping up and taking responsibility to, in, in theory, win a game for you there. And it obviously it could have cost you, you know, at the end of the day. So do you think there's anything to kind of think about it? Or do you think that's just kind of going a bit over the top in terms of what I'm saying? Well, uh, actually, I think it was Milos Pantovic who was standing there and was yeah. ready to take the penalty. But the Oskobo was shouting Riemann's name. So Riemann, who... Uh, is uh, has a lot of self confidence, uh, uh, especially after the last couple of weeks. He was obviously <laughs> going to to the penalty spot. Um, after the game, our coach also said that it's a mistake from him because he could have just said that Riemann should go back and uh, Milos Pantovic should have taken the penalty. But and, but after the game and after Milos uh, Milos goal. Riemann came to him and uh, I think he said sorry multiple times and also thank you because Milos scored the goal um, and therefore he, Riemann was really, really thankful. So I don't think we have any problem there in Bochum. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, though, the guy's been awesome this season, Riemann. You know, I think even in the first game of the season when they played Wolfsburg, I think me and Rory said, you know, this guy's one to look out for this season. Like, he had a stormer that game. I think he made, like, eight saves. But, I mean, how many clean sheets is that now for Bochum? That must be at least four or five clean sheets this season, which is really, really good. I think you kept one at Furt uh, against Mainz uh, this weekend. I think one other as well, right? It's been uh, Frankfurt, yeah. As well. Frankfurt, I think we have uh, four clean sheets at home yeah. uh, and one away at Furt. Yeah. So 
in our five home games we have four clean sheets and yeah. one uh yeah in one game we have conceded three goals against berlin but uh, i still don't know how we have uh, lost this game so uh yeah 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 i remember that one but it's been a great start for Bolkham, hasn't it like how does it feel to be a Bolkham fan at the moment because you got you're flying high in the league with 13 points now which is pretty good total after 11 games you know it it feels amazing um <laughs> it was uh, last season it was great and now it's just if gotten better i've uh, i've said it in the beginning i'm i'm studying in frankfurt right now and after the uh, home win against frankfurt i just came with a big smile in, into university on monday <laughs> and uh, it's just great so i i can't really describe how i'm feeling because i'm happy i it's nothing is ruining my mood right now mm-hmm. um and i couldn't have uh, i i didn't think that this uh, season could turn out this great right now especially after the start with uh, the defeat against munich uh, the defeat against cologne and i think we've lost another game yeah, it was the three games we've lost in a row so i i really thought that this season is going to be a tough one but right now it looks really good yeah and uh obviously i'd be interested to see maurice from your point of view firstly uh now maybe what your expectations were at the start of the season and obviously kind of linked into that of course you probably thought you're going to be you know near near enough kind of a relegation battle what do you think was always going to be your kind of uh biggest weakest kind of point would it would you know was it scoring goals um because it seems like defensively you seem quite sound at the moment so is it just the maybe putting the ball in the back of the net obviously the loss of Simon Zoller, uh, you know, a big, you know, kind of blow for, for you guys. So uh, just interested to see what, what you thought ahead of the start of the season and, and how it's, you know, maybe altered since then. Uh, at the start of the season, I thought our midfield was going to be our biggest problem. With uh, Anthony Lucia and Robert Tesho, we had two players who were key players in, in our um, in, in the last season, but we have always said that they are missing out on on pace we have seen it this in uh, the pokal uh, against Mainz and leipzig where they were easily outrun by the opponents so um it was good that we have signed with eduard Löwen and elvis rexbergai two players for this position but of course these are just two players and if one gets injured they have uh, lucia or tesha should uh, need to play mm-hmm. but um i i'm surprised that anthony lucia is doing such a good job right now he's uh, has adapted to the bundesliga um he is fighting he really has the he's has this the traits that we want to see in bochum we have known this for a long time but we didn't expect him to be this good in the bundesliga i think it was against Gladbach where he pulled an outstanding um tackle and i think it was in our own uh, in our own penalty box where he was the last man and he could have easily um it could have easily be a penalty but he um it, it was just an outstanding tackle and now uh, during the season especially you mentioned the uh injury from simon Zoller, who was our main goal scorer at the beginning of the season and he i think he participated in every goal we have scored uh, mm-hmm. he made the assist for garrett holtman against uh mines and the assist for polter against mines and he scored against cologne and um the other one I'm not quite no he he was of did 
I'm not quite sure right now if he, he, he did score another goal, but I, I forgot this. Uh, I'm sorry. So uh, right now we can see that we have missing we are missing out on a striker. Um, Polter isn't the striker we have been looking for, but however he is a, he's a great person and he's a team player. But we have seen it against Hoffenheim again that he is missing some uh, really really big chances that uh, you expect a striker to bring them on goal at least. But Polter is missing out on pace. He's missing out. Uh, he has technical deficit. Uh, he he has a bad technique. So um, I think that's where we need uh, improvement in the winter. Good stuff. Well, that kind of links in perfectly, actually, because we've got a question in directly for you, Moritz, from Josh. Um, so he asks, who do you see as a potential winter transfer for VFL, uh, seeing as Zola will be injured for most of the season, and Poulter and, and Nowotny uh, are not really having uh, Bundesliga qualities. So uh, have you been linked to anyone uh, that you know of, Moritz? And, and if not, who would you think would be an ideal kind of uh, player to bring in uh, during the winter transfer? Oh, well, ironically, we have been linked to um, no other than Robert Jewell. Uh, in the last month because he gave an interview to the build and told them oh i want to play for bochum again it's uh, <laughs> it's not as good as i've imagined here in saudi arabia uh, <laughs> or in dubai who who could have thought at the beginning um that the, the league has uh, not uh, has is, is bad quality wise yes. so um, this is the only player we have linked we have been linked to right now but um sebastian Schinzelords are already said that this is not going to happen because we don't know how fit Robert uh, Jewell is right now. Mm -hmm. um, our coach said that he isn't like a, a training world champion. He's a bit lazy in training and uh, needs to be motivated. So I don't think that uh, Robert Jewell is going to uh, have a, is, isn't going to wear the Bochum kit anytime soon. But uh, I think we are we will look out for a striker, especially uh, when we uh, see that uh, Silver Gambula, who has the qualities for the Bundesliga, he is uh, a big striker, he has the technique, um, he's fast, but also somehow is uh, he, he doesn't, he is lazy in training, and this is something our coach doesn't like, so he hasn't been in the match day squad for the past couple of match days, so I think they are we will see uh, we will see a winter transfer on this position good stuff uh all right fi finally before we uh we move on uh from Bolcom and we we field a few questions which have come in as well which we, which we'll come to and do our talking point uh just briefly uh, Moritz on Bolcom so you know where where did the relationship between uh, the two of you begin so you're studying in Frankfurt right now so do you want to just tell everyone how, kind of how the the love affair began with you and Bolcom um good enough that uh, tobias is watching right now because he <laughs> or, or his father was the reason why i've uh, visited the bochum stadium it okay. i think it was in 26 uh, against bielefeld um it was a 2-1 home win against them and this was the first time i was in the stadium and from there on i just was uh yeah i, I just wanted to go there every time i've um and uh, after the relegation I think in 2014 it really started off where I've been there regularly uh, going into the stands into the Oskurve and watching the games going uh, on away trips to 
Ingolstadt uh, the, doing the uh, doing a DFB Pokal away trip uh, again <laughs> to Flensburg, where we have lost uh, 1-0 uh, against the Regionalliga side. So um, yeah, but I'm I'm still I, I don't know it's uh, this, this club really I, I can't get away from it. Excellent. Yeah, and ironically, actually, uh, Moritz, my first ever Nuremberg game was also against Bochum, actually, as well. I don't know if you remember the 2017 game. Uh, Nuremberg won 3-1 in that game. And incredibly, to this day, it's still the only time that I've been to the Max Morlock Stadium when Nuremberg have won a game as well. <laughs> and I've been to 12 games overall, and they've not won in the last 11 games, apart from, obviously, the Bochum game. Yeah, So maybe they're a bit of good luck for Nuremberg as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's for sure, yeah. Yes, but I re remember the game. I think Diamantako scored the only goal for Bochum with a penalty. Yeah, yeah he did, yeah. yeah. To make it 2-1, yeah. Nuremberg flew out of the blocks. And I think um, uh, uh, Valentini scored one of the goals. I remember that, yeah. Enrico Valentini, yeah. Nuremberg's uh, only Italian going, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I remember that game well. And Bochum actually had a good following that day. I think they had a couple of thousand there at Nuremberg on a, I think it was a weeknight as well. Englische Woche, as you guys call it. You know, it was, uh, yeah, one of the, I think it was Tuesday night or Wednesday night games. So yeah, it's good following from Bochum. Yeah. It's it's one of the big benefits Bochum has because when we go to uh, Bayern and in this area, uh, the Munich supporters will always come to our games and support yeah. us as well because of the friendship. Oh, so yeah. we, we will have a lot of uh, fans there. Um, and on the other hand, if Munich is playing here uh, in uh, around Bochum, there yeah. will be a lot of uh, Bochum supporters as well. Wow, that's an interesting one. Yeah, Maybe that's why there were so many. Uh, it's... Uh... Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. So I guess we should move on to our talk uh, talking point of the week. So yeah, obviously the Bundesliga box is talking point of the week where we select like what we consider to be one of the big talking points of the week. And this week we wanted to just talk about uh, move our attention to the bottom of the table. You know, I mean, Greuterfurt, you know, what more can you say? Nuremberg's biggest rivals, of course, you know. So I might enjoy this talking point a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the talking point is, will Fur break the record for the lowest number of points this season? I mean, obviously one point from the first 11 games, they're on a run of nine straight defeats in the league. Obviously after that last second defeat against Frankfurt, let's be honest, they were a little bit unlucky. They equalized after what, 92 minutes and then went and lost the game after 94. I think that just about sums up Fur's season so far, let's be honest, really, you know. Mm. But will they break the record lowest number of points? I mean, obviously, we saw Schalke have an absolute nightmare last season. But obviously, the, the worst ever team in the Bundesliga was obviously Tasmania Berlin, obviously. yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, can they break the record low number of points, Moritz? What do you think? Are they that bad? Or do you think they'll start winning a few games further down the season? I don't think that Fürth is that bad. Um, they have had good performances, even against Bayern. Uh, at home um they had a good performance i think it was yesterday um against yeah. against frankfurt in the first half where they should have scored one or two goals mm. so um they are missing out of uh, on luck that's uh, why they are that, that's why they didn't get a win uh, right now they had the game against bielefeld where they um didn't uh, couldn't score a second goal against them even though bielefeld um had a red card so I think it, it's uh, when they it, it's the same with with Bielefeld when Fürth starts winning games I 
which suggests that they could uh, earn some points. But on the other hand, we shouldn't forget that Fürth hadn't didn't hasn't won a home game uh, in their Bundesliga history, so that's another problem they are facing. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, the for those that don't know, obviously Mark mentioned correctly, Tasmania Berlin are the team that have the the lowest number of points. So the record is ten points. Uh, they're on one right now. Uh, obviously, we're on match week eleven. So uh, obviously, we're not quite, almost a third of the way there. Uh, so obviously, if they keep on going at the same rate, they probably will break the record. Um, they need three wins to draw level with that record uh, at the very least. So. Uh, interesting one, really. I mean, come on then, Mark. As a Nuremberg fan, you can you can dive into this one. How, where do you see those three wins coming from? Because obviously, you know, they, they target the teams in and around them. But uh, you know, they they scored a few goals and they've yeah. gone. They particularly seem to go in the lead, don't they? But they can't hold on to leads. And uh, as you say, some of it's been you know a bit of bad luck. But you know, is is it just player quality? Yeah, for me, I don't see wins coming anytime soon. Certainly away from home, they've really, really struggled, let's be honest. You know, I mean, they've been whacked at a few teams, haven't they? But I'll be honest, I did watch the game yesterday against Frankfurt and I thought uh, they they were unlucky to lose the game, in all honesty. I really did. I thought a draw would have been a fair result in that game. And especially in the last 10, 20 minutes after Frankfurt took the lead, I mean, I thought Furt were really good. It's just a pity. Where was that urgency when it was nil-nil? That was my only problem from them yesterday. Because for me, Frankfurt are a side in a bit of trouble at the minute. I mean, they've got good players, but they're just not playing well in the Bundesliga at the minute, you know. And I didn't think they were great yesterday either. And I thought that was a potential chance that they could have got three points, to be honest, uh, uh, Furt yesterday. I mean, if you look at the fixtures, obviously, they go to Gladbach away next. They're not going to get anything from there for me. You know, a good home side, Gladbach. Then the next home game is obviously Hoffenheim, obviously the side that Bolton beat this week. But I mean, yeah, again, Hoffenheim has still got pretty much better players all over the park. But I think if they can fire themselves up, you know, and kind of like get stuck into Hoffenheim, they are, that is the kind of game they could potentially win. Because we've seen that Hoffenheim blow very, very hot and cold, don't they? You know, they've got quality players all over the pitch. But... You know, when they're bad, they're very bad, Hoffenheim. That's the problem with them. But again, it's like, you know, they've not played Augsburg yet. I think they've got them to come in three or four games. And that's a potential the game they could win. The Bavarian derby as well, that one, obviously. Yeah. Even though Fur probably don't consider themselves to be Bavaria, it's obviously Franconia here in Germany, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's a game they could potentially win. Obviously, they, they drew at home to Bielefeld. They lost at home to Bochum, you know. It's not looking good for them, is it? Let's be honest. But, I mean, they've got to keep fighting and at least try and get up to, like, 10, 15 points to make the season respectable, really, for me. All right, then. So, let's just quickly go around uh, go around the houses and we'll just go for a yes, no. Will they break the record? So, I'm going to be horrible and say I think they will break the record. Uh, Mark, what do you reckon? I'm going to say they'll get 11 points. I think they'll just <laughs> yeah. break it. They'll it's just break it. Uh, Moritz, are they going to break the record or not? No, I don't think they were going to break the record. Very good. Very good. Uh, so let's move on then. Um, obviously, usually this would be the end of the show, but we've got loads of questions that we want to get through, actually. So, Mark, do you want to select a few and we'll kind of fire them either either way around? Yeah, absolutely. One from our very own uh, Dave. Yeah. So what's the percent- perception of Leroy Sane in Germany now? He seems to be written off by many fans after his first season, but seems to be doing all right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would say my personal take on Sane is that like he's been a lot better this season overall, definitely. But he's just very, very he misses a lot of chances, doesn't he? That's the problem with Sane. Since he's come to the Bundesliga, like he seems to miss a good couple of chances a game. But I think his overall game involvement has been very, very good this season. I thought against Leverkusen a few weeks ago, he was world class in that game. You know, I thought he was great in that one. Yeah, I think generally he always seems to play well against Dortmund as well, which kind of helps himself to uh, endear himself to the uh, Bayern fans. Would you agree with that one, Moritz? Do you, do you think Sané has done well since he came to Germany? Um, he has done well in this season. Um, I think uh, Tobias wrote it in the in the chat. He was criticised at the beginning of the season, but uh, then there was a, a turning point where he was playing on the left wing. <laughs> It's another comment in the chat where um, Nagelsmann saw where Sunny is more comfortable uh, playing, and he has played. And uh, since then, he has uh, just good performances, great performances, even for Bayern and for the national team. So uh, I think Nagelsmann is one important factor why Sunny is now um, reaching his potential again. I think, as you mentioned, he's missing. A lot of chances so there's still room for improvement but uh it's definitely a sane that helps bayern and that uh, in this uh, when he plays this well he also helps the german national team very good a yeah. uh, couple more questions then first one from ben uh who is your player of the month for october um poor that's a good question it seems like a a mesh of yeah. games that have kind of come and gone really for uh during the Bundesliga um, so far. Uh, October, I mean, for me, I think we already had a, um, a comment about Modest. He's certainly got to be up there, the way that he's played. Uh, Mkunku possibly won. Um, any other names to throw in there, Moritz? Uh, player of the month at all? Uh, I'm, I just want to throw in a Bochum player, and it's Manuel Riemann, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who has some outstanding performances and is helping the uh, team a lot. Um, we had some difficulties with him, even in this season, where he was criticizing uh, our own players um, live on television. And we, wow. uh, a lot of fans were afraid that this would lead to a bad team spirit. But he has changed. He isn't um, the like shouting and criticizing on the field right now when there are mistakes happening. But we have seen this against Gladbach, where I think Lampropoulos had a bad game uh, in the first half. And Riemann was uh, talking to Lampropoulos and tried to um, build up his confidence again. So, um, yeah, he, he was a, an important player um, in October and in this whole season for Bochum. But uh, also Modest, who is uh, who is really, really good. But I, I will go with, with Riemann. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I think, think for me also, Donny Burkhardt as well has got to be mentioned in that. Yeah. Like, he was outstanding. And I think especially the second half of October, he was amazing in some of those performances for Mainz. Yeah, he was really, really good. Yeah, that's a really good show, actually, to be fair. Uh, and then finally, I think this is the last question. I'll try and go back in the comments and see if we've missed anything uh, from Chris. Uh, question to the end of the show. Uh, can you guys do more videos on club history? Uh, Germany, like we do uh, with the rivalries last season, uh, for example, there's three teams in Leipzig. Uh, well, just to answer it very directly and easily, Chris, yes, a thousand percent, we will be doing more of those videos. Um, I think we'll find find a bit of time to set aside a Sunday and me and Mark will, will delve in and uh, record a load of those. Um, so uh, hopefully we'll have some to 
maybe released during the uh, the winter break when there's not uh, much uh, Bundesliga footy happening. So yes, we will definitely be doing more rivalries and derby day kind of dive-ins and, and looking back at club histories. Maybe we'll have to do one for Balkan as well. So uh, yeah. maybe we'll get uh, Moritz's uh, input on that as well. Um, well. I think we just had a one last question we'll throw in from uh, our regular, now regular viewer. Um, so let's have a look at this one. Um, do you think Kofeld will be successful in the long run with Wolfsburg? Um, we've seen him start brilliantly with Verde last year. So it went wrong uh, in something like nine or ten games. Uh, yeah, over to you, Moritz. What do you think of Kofeld? Do you think the uh, honeymoon period will last uh, a bit longer at Wolfsburg? Um, that's a tough one. Uh, I I think that Kofeld wasn't the main reason why Bremen got relegated. Um, he there were other problems in the club. You have seen this now in at the beginning of the season in the second Bundesliga at the trend during the transfer period, where uh, Bremen couldn't get their hands on any important players and they were really struggling. So I don't think that Kofeld was the reason why they uh, got relegated. And when there are problems in the club, um, and there are other problems in the club, and there's a um, then the coach can't do anything about it i would say then uh, this will also influence the performance um of the team so i think that kofold is still a good coach and he will definitely he, he could be successful uh, in the long run with wolfsburg and you i have seen it on my own this uh, weekend uh, wolfsburg is playing a good football again and they have the players and they have the individual quality to um be uh, to to have to um to go for the international places again absolutely well said um i think yeah he's added uh with yeah better better players that he now seems to have at his disposal um as yeah me and mark mentioned how he's gone from a relegation manager to now having a champions league club so i think we said that he'd probably quite fortunate to have ended up in in that role but uh we'll, we'll you know we'll see his credentials tested very much so um so i think that's every question uh that we've had uh from the live chat so that's brilliant so uh mark do you want to kind of summarize things and close things up uh obviously first and foremost massive massive thanks to to Maurice for a uh, debut performance on the bundesliga show and a brilliant one at that um superb you know to have you on the show Maurice really interesting to hear a bit more about Balkum and uh hopefully we'll have uh, have you back on the show sometime soon thank you for inviting me and of course anytime you need me I'm uh, I'm willing to talk here on the show again good man good man so yeah obviously if you want to if you enjoyed what you saw tonight then remember to check us out on our twitter feed as well at over the bar fb and at over the bar extra so remember we do go live onto the twitter feed as well nowadays uh the same with the league one and league two show as well so remember to check that out as well for some of you uk viewers yeah obviously check out our main uh thing which is obviously otbfootball.net so that's the centerpiece of our work you can find all of our written articles as well on there so yeah remember to check that out yeah and obviously remember to obviously like comment and subscribe we had a really good turnout today as well great for the for the third week in a row i think now we've had a great turnout on the chat which is fantastic always helps us to uh yeah flow the show even better than than usual yeah, and yeah, 
I guess we'll see you guys again on Thursday with uh, Runa for the predictions and fantasy football show. Thanks again yeah. to Maureen. Probably oh, with sorry, this the international yeah. break. <laughs> with this being the international break, we'll, uh, we'll be back. Oh, of course, break. it is. It's the damn international break. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants that one. Really, like, I know. Yeah. But, yeah. So we'll see you in uh, 10 days or so then. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye, guys. Cheers, all. Goodbye. <clears throat>